Matanzela. Good to be talking to you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and good afternoon to listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. You feel that your office is not respected at all. Where do you trace this non-respect of your office? Who is not respecting your office? Well, I didn't really use those words. I just simply said that when Parliament and organs of state are dealing with my office, they should do so in the manner that they they deal with other Chapter 9 institutions. For example, it would be unheard of that once the Auditor General has issued audit outcomes, somebody else then appoints an internal audit or an external audit group to audit this matter and and, and come back and say they're not re-auditing and they're not reviewing the Auditor General's uh, audit outcomes. But the come back with uh, attacks on the Auditor General's report and they come back with different findings. So I was just saying, making examples with Mm. the IEC, these institutions are established by the Constitution with the same clause, which is Section 181. So the second thing that I also said is that you can't sideline a constitutional institution. Uh, again, using the example of the other Chapter 9 institutions, when the Auditor General has issued a report in, and, and it's being discussed in Parliament, it would be unheard of that you now have another institution uh, with whom you are prepared to discuss the report, but not with the Auditor General. So in this particular case, the internal audit that you're making an analogy of really refers to the police minister, Kosunatin Shagri, saying that uh, he had no business really compiling another report when you had put out a report? Well, the Minister of Police is the extension of our President. Executive authority in the Republic of South Africa rests with the President only, not with the Cabinet, with the President. And the President has authority then to delegate some of his powers. There's nothing wrong with the President asking the Minister to help him assess a report by me, Auditor General, or IEC, or anyone. But I think the line is crossed when his report is being used to, uh, to undermine my report. Because the report, the only report that should be discussed in Parliament in terms of the Executive Members Ethics Act is the report that was issued under that act at the request of a member of that Parliament. Mm. And in your report, you asked the President to pay back a certain portion of money, especially to... to that was used to the non-security features at her home. But you didn't say how much. You said he must use his discretion, assisted by even the the Minister of Police. No, I never, ever mentioned the Minister of Police. That's one of the distortions that have been going on in Parliament. The report says the President himself must make the determination, and you're right about that, sir. Mm. But it says he must be assisted by the Treasury, the Treasury in the right. South African Police Services. When you mention those things, you're talking the department because it's a technical exercise. You can't ask the minister, a politician, to do a technical exercise. But the determination has to be made by the president. And that was made uh, deliberately because the, the, the president is the head of our country, but he's also the head of the executive. And the executive is a branch it's separate from Parliament, it cleans up its own house, it enforces its own code of conduct. And the investigation was requested 
under the Executive Members Ethics Act and the violation was said to be the Code of Conduct within the Executive, not the Parliamentary Code of Conduct. So Parliament should only come in at the level when the President reports and say, this is how I've cleaned it up on my house, then Parliament from an oversight point of view would evaluate if that's enough. All right. Let, let, Mr. Public Protector, did you ever visit Nkandla during your investigation? And if so, who did you interview there? If not, why? I visited Nkandla with a whole group, actually, from government. The very same people I interviewed. I was there with Minister Nosiviwe Mapisa Ngagula. There was a General Ramlakan from the Department of Defense. There were several people from Department of Public Works, Department of uh, of uh, uh, the South African Police Services, and most of them were the task team members. Mr. Makanya was there as well. So I interviewed them. We went, we discussed these things, and uh, and I raised questions. Why this? Why uh, why use this? For example, Kekle Cole, they said to me, they copied it from England. I said, we are not in England. We are in South Africa. Mm. Why input this expensive kind of, of design? So yes, I, I interviewed people. And, and you're saying that there have been defined trends against the public protector. And I would like to find out from you, uh, Advocate Matonzela, if really the utterances by the members of parliament, some of them last week, uh, did indeed take you by surprise? They did. I think a lot of utterances, the, the attacks, the rubbishing of my report has been really uh, unusual. It's not the kind of language I'm used to from parliament. Um, uh, there was a, the, the fourth parliament there was that I, I found in power when the committee was chaired and the Justice for Fellow Committee was chaired by Mr. Landers. There was always, you know, a rational discourse that would disagree with me on things. But the language, the, the refusal to engage, I, I, I was surprised. And then the, the announcement that we not reviewing your report and we're not reinvestigating but mm. we keep talking about you and rubbishing your report i do not understand it but secondly we're not reviewing your report and we're not reinvestigating the matter how do you arrive at different conclusions if you're not reviewing and you're not reinvestigating you say that uh, the members of parliament have read the title of your report too literally where do you think uh, they got it wrong from at least a legal point of view well, the report, you are free. All I, I didn't say they read it wrong uh, with the title. I just said the title doesn't, we don't intend them to have literal meanings. They have to have different, to be capable of different interpretations. And the beauty of them is that they simplify complex things for an ordinary person. Um, some of them, of course, look at secure in comfort as secure in luxury. We haven't said secure in comfort, in comfort, secure in luxury. In fact, the first title was opulence, opulence on a grand scale because that was the accusation. But with representations, we, we reconsidered it. Um, secure in comfort does not mean it's Disneyland. It means that there was an emphasis on comfort rather than security. That's one interpretation. The other interpretation may be you're secure and comfortable in your own head and not worried about these other things. For example, money was taken from urban regeneration project. 
in Durban, and nobody was concerned about what about then that service delivery. Where is the money for that service delivery is going to, to come from? So when we discuss these tackles, we think about the different meanings that can come from them. And it's not us only. If you go to the website of our uh, colleagues from England, Canada, and Kenya has also started to do the same thing, you'll find these titles. And you address Parliament today via a media conference, so to speak. Why did you choose this route? Why didn't you perhaps ask uh, for an audience with, uh, with the Speaker of the National Assembly and, and present your case w- once again? I have, repo- I have written to the Speaker requesting an audience. We were, we were asked right now to look for the letters. The, the, the letter was written to the Speaker, not just to speak with her, to speak with the presiding officers was written in October last year. And uh, you, you have also asked to, to meet with the president to di- discuss this uh, matter f- further. Has, has the president responded? Is, is he willing to meet with you? you know? The presidency has responded not once, several times. There have been attempts to get the meeting to, to take place. And I think sometime last year there were some dates that were considered and, and, and the, 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 the calendars or the diaries were not reconcilable. This year the president has been busy, but I must just say that my office also has been very busy. There hasn't been uh, any word from the presidency that suggests there's no intention to meet. Um, The president responds to my letters. The fact that he disagrees with me is not an issue because that's part of democracy. Mm. And do do you think the president would would like to meet with you? And how is your relationship really with the president? I've met with the president in social settings. The relationship is fine. It's great. But in social settings, we don't discuss business. It's hello, we smile, we hug. That's not... um, We need a sit-down. I mean, it can either be with my office or with the other Chapter 9 institution. And you say this office desperately needs resources. The problem is how we talk. And uh, do, do you think that, uh, you know, in your view, the, the, the whole Gandla issue now has affected the budget allocated to your office? It affected the debate because the debate was characterized by unexpected anger towards me. You, you're so outraged towards me. Um, I mean, before I finished just telling a story of some student who... Uh, was it the verge of losing his degree because his fees had not been paid by some municipal bursary? I was attacked. And then throughout that meeting, I was attacked. I don't need the money. I'm taking cases that I shouldn't be taking. But the very same parliament, twice in the earlier years, had said, you deserve more money and we will work with you to get the money from Treasury. So you ask yourself, what changed then? But Mm. also there was something that doesn't need rocket science. We have a huge backlog. So that one, whether we, we incurred it rightly or wrongly, we have that backlog. And, and we also had a, a deficit. Other units in government that had deficits, Treasury allocated money to cover the deficit with us when it was clear that we don't have enough money just for subsistence and we had a deficit, we were not given the money. But it was because of the manner in which there was just so much toxicity in, in the dialogue with the justice and correctional services a, a portfolio government. It wasn't clear to me why would they be so angry towards me. But you have seen the way they've debated the Gandhi. 
the way my name is mentioned. There's so much anger that I do not understand where does it come from because anger affects rational discourse. It's difficult to think clearly Mm. and to make clear, rational and justifiable decisions when you are emotional. Does it hurt you, though, that all of a sudden there is this, uh, you know, there are these defiant trends that... uh, you know, uh, the members of parliament, some of them are talking to you in this particular way and your work also as an office, as a chapter nine institution now is, is hindered by issues of budget when everyone know, clearly knows that your office needs money. It saddens me because as I have said, as I said them when I addressed Mr. Mu, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Advocate and Dr. Motsecha was, you can hate me, but let's respect constitutional democracy. Because... It's, it, 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 what, the problem for me is that I am saddened because the people who are suffering are the Gogotlaminis because my team is not coping with the kind of cases. We have to handle one case at a time and then we drop it whilst we're attending another case. But that means you're not able to assist when it matters. Sometimes you're able to assist when the suffering has been exacerbated whilst a decision was being awaited. Then the defiance is also further exacerbating the situation because some choose not to respond. Some, or at least one person at a level of a DG, just decided that uh, they're going to send us a two-paragraph letter that basically is dismissive of, of the whole thing. That would never have happened before because this is a real structure. You may hate me as a human being, but... If you have signed up to work for the state, you must respect the Constitution and you must respect the laws of this country. We thank you very much. Advocate Tuli Matanzela is the public protector in conversation with us here on PM Live, SAFM 104-107. We've been trying to get hold of Cedric Frodig, who is the chairperson of the Gandla Ad Hoc Committee, to respond, uh, but uh, to no avail. All right, uh, so we'll 